Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Time now to hear about a thought-provoking book selected by our esteemed reviewer, Cara Martin, Sufficient Grace by Amy Esmith actually won the Victorian Premier's Literary Award for an unpublished manuscript. The plot is probably quite foreign for most of us, but still very much one we can still relate to. Cara Martin, welcome back to Open House. Thanks a lot, Lee. Always great to see you. <laughs> I was intrigued reading your review of this book. It's not your average novel, is it? No, no I was actually attracted uh, to this book because I knew the author was Australian. She lives in Melbourne and she also uh, is, is lecturing at University of Melbourne. But when I started reading it, it was set uh, in the US and it was set in rural Wisconsin and it had such a different voice about it, like such an American voice. And then, of course, I discovered that Wisconsin is the place of Amy Espes' birth. And uh, in lots of ways, I suspect this book is quite biographical. So Mm. run us through the story, especially if a lot of it is biographical. Yeah. Um, The narrator is Ruth, uh, who's growing up with her cousin Naomi, and they're in a conservative religious community. Um, Because it's rural, it's an area where there's a struggle to survive, families are very dependent on weather and things like that. Uh, The community they live in is identified as Pentecostal, so there's a lot of um, emphasis on holiness and gifts of the Spirit and things like that. Um, but what's happening to Ruth is she's entering adolescence and uh, she, even though she has a strong sense of belonging and identity in this community, she's just also feeling very attractive to Native American type um, theories or, and religion because she has such a strong identity with the land and that seems to make more sense of, of the land around her. And also there, she's becoming more aware that there's sort of a black side to this community. There are secrets here and she's beginning to see these uh, tensions in relationship and there's some stuff happening to her that she's uncomfortable about. These kind mm. of communities are a bit hard for us to relate to, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Um, and I think, I think the way Espeseth gets us inside is, first of all, Looking through the eyes of a child is always a much easier way into yes. something. Um, but also uh, she's very open about religious language, um, but she also uses uh, things like hymns. Uh, and so a lot of uh, lyrical writing that sort of helps you understand a bit more about where these people are coming from. Um, I don't know if you've read a, uh, heard of a book, Marilyn Robinson's Gilead, but that's a very similar book where uh, so open about the Bible and um, this hymn imagery, but somehow that that manages to cross the divide between an unbeliever and a story. Mm. How challenging was life then for Ruth and Naomi? I think it was uh, very, very challenging, yes. um, partly just because it's a rural community. And so um, there's a much stronger delineation between in terms of gender. So the boys are outside working all the time, tough, hard really difficult conditions and the girls are always inside preparing food and and doing the homemaking sort of stuff so there's very strong division but I think the other thing about this community is there seems to be um, a dangerous culture of secrets and that's that's what makes it particularly tough because there's some things that happen and um, especially as girls it feels like they don't have a voice they don't have a means of actually talking about what's happening. They've got Mm. a strong bond with each other. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where the names are very beautiful, just like Ruth and Naomi in the Bible. There is that that strength of bond um, that's suggested here as cousins. Um, That bond is actually tested when Naomi, who's who's just 14, discovers that she's pregnant. Um, And the two try and keep this a secret, 
And uh, the book is composed of a lot of Ruth pleading with God to somehow get them out of this horrible mess that's happening. There's mm. a strong theme of sinfulness. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, I think... Um, I Which think is this, hardly surprising. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That is something that all of us yes, are aware right. of. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the point at which I found the book a little bit difficult um, because in the end, uh, I mean, it's true that all of us have areas of darkness in our lives. I think what occurs in this community is that it's almost like suddenly everyone's, especially in the area of sexual morality, has these issues that all begins to come out. Um, and I think what I struggle with a little bit is there's quite a few th- books around that seem to really delight in exposing the sexual sins of missionaries, clergy, church communities. Yes. And um, when it comes to that, I sort of sometimes go, oh, rats, you know, like <laughs> again, here's yes. another church community where where the good seems overwhelmed by the bad and the, and the difficulty there. And, and I guess the reality is, however, that if, if the community was, was just a community of, of good people living holy lives, then that might not make such great reading. But <laughs> what I found interesting was I read right to the end and there's an acknowledgement section and the author says, Finally, I appreciate that although this is a work of fiction, people close to me now or in the past may read this novel as both a betrayal of my family and the church in which I was raised. I have not intended to cause any hurt. I wrote what I was given to write. So it's close to home. Very close to home, obviously, yeah. Um, How should a Christian reader respond to this then? Well, I think... I think there's a warning in a novel like this for us as a church community that um, in some ways this is how we're seen from the outside as well. It's almost like reading about your own community. It's a warning too, I think, about these ideas of truth and grace. And I think what is portrayed in the book is that the, the church community, there's a suggestion that there was too much emphasis on the truth part, such that in the end people responded by by keeping secrets and and being forced into submission and silence, and that was very unhealthy. Um, On the other hand, I think what Ruth, as a 13-year-old, wants to experience is much more grace, but that's not complete in itself either because that becomes wishy-washy and her sense of grace is just too wide. It's very, very inclusive. Um, So I think what we actually need is not just a balance, but I think we need to accept the reality um, that... There is no truth without grace and there is no grace without truth. And ha- having them perfectly in balance is the important thing. Mm. You're so insightful. <laughs> We've got such great gurus on this program. Cara Martin, thank you so much. This, the book is Sufficient Grace. We'll see you soon. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.